Hey friend, are you swamped with scheduling, bogged down by bookings, or overwhelmed with managing your social media? This message is for you. I would love to introduce you to my secret weapon, StyleSmart VA. This is a company of virtual assistants literally designed by hairstylists for hairstylists. I found them through an interview right here on the podcast, and then shortly after found myself booking a discovery call because I was drowning in administrative tasks and needed help. It's been a few months now, and I can't tell you how much my VA has changed my life. No joke, friends. I am such a believer in StyleSmart VA that I decided to bring them in as an episode sponsor here on the show. Listen, as creatives, our focus should be on the clients and our craft. And now that I have my virtual assistant, I can devote more of my time to exactly that. The beauty of hiring a VA through StyleSmart is that they come to you already trained and able to seamlessly step into your business. From managing appointments and client communications to handling your social media presence, StyleSmart virtual assistants free you up to concentrate on your clients. And that's a change your clients will notice and appreciate. I mean, can we say elevating your perceived value? So when you're ready to level up in your business and take some weight off your shoulders, head on over to StyleSmartVA.com and book a free discovery call today. You'll also find the link in the show notes of this podcast episode. StyleSmart VA, empowering beauty professionals to focus on what they do best. Hey there, friend. Welcome back for another episode of the Your Hair Mentor podcast, where I'm your host and your hair mentor, Crystal Green. And before we get into today's episode, which I know you're going to freaking love because it's Carly from Blonde Chronicles. I have something I have to share with you. I've spent the last couple of weeks jet setting all over. Well, and actually not just jet setting, I've been driving also, but basically exposing myself to some really amazing people that have inspired me so much. And I feel like I am finally coming to a place where everything makes sense. Allow me to explain a little bit. I started this journey as your hair mentor with the intention of helping more clients have great hair. And that started with courses and a a membership where, you know, I could teach people to style, manage, and maintain their hair at home. And although that's beautiful and I love the idea and those are still available, they're just sitting on my website and I haven't done anything with them because I was feeling like I was missing a piece of the puzzle. And if you followed me for any amount of time, you've realized that I've shifted my, uh, my voice to now speak to hairstylists because I understood that at some point, yes, you can empower the client and educate the client, but if the client and the hairstylist are not speaking the same language, everything falls flat. Okay, so now I spend my time speaking to hairstylists that are, you know, interesting and innovative and inspiring in the industry on this podcast as a way to just really hope that I'm uplifting the entire industry and helping inspire others to do better and didn't understand where the educational piece would come into it. But y'all, I have to tell you, I've got something now. It's going to blow your mind. Um, I'm not ready to talk about it yet because I'm in like creation phase right now, but holy freaking smokes, I am on fire and I cannot wait to share with you when it's done. It is going to knock your socks off, rock your world and change the way we do hair behind the chair. I promise you it's so impactful. I just had to get that out there and like make it feel real by putting the energy into it and saying it out loud. So thank you for listening. So on today's episode, um, also an inspiring person, inspiring story, we are going to be talking with Carly from the Blonde Chronicles. Now, if you don't know who she is, you're obviously going to find out, but um, she is someone that I found, oh, I'd say about a year ago, and um, she kind of cultivated a following on social media, and I'll let her tell her story more accurately, but basically she specializes in blonding, and so she's the Blonde Chronicles, and all she does is different 
blonding techniques. And this is like foiling and painting and all the good stuff that comes along with that. But I find her so inspirational because she's just like relatable as heck. She's super low key, uh, very easy to talk to, smart as a whip and very talented. And so I joined her platform. Um, gosh, I think it was like three or four months ago, maybe six months ago now. I don't remember. And I don't access it all the time. Um, but when I do, I really feel like I get some value out of it. And I think that's the whole point of having and running like a membership based model. Like she does is it's like a low, uh, low cost kind of thing, kind of like Netflix, right? You pay for Netflix every month, but do you always use it like crazy? Sometimes I don't watch anything for a month and I still happily pay for it because it's there when I need it. And that's what her content is like. It's like digestible, easy tasks and lessons that, um, are not going to break the bank. So anyway, I'm going to let Carly tell her own story and, um, let you be inspired by her. So let's jump into the conversation with Carly from Blonde Chronicles. Yeah. I mean, obviously I know who you are, Carly, and, um, I am a member of your subscription education, which yeah. is fantastic. But for those that don't know you, could you give a little intro, like where you're at and who you are? Absolutely. Okay. So my name's Carly. I have been a hairstylist now for coming up on 16 or 17 years. I have to do math. Um, I am located in San Diego, so Southern California, and I have worked in this area for my whole career, which has been great. Uh, I worked behind the chair for the last 15 years. And just recently I started to kind of do a little bit less time behind the chair. And now I work mostly, um, on education, my own education, educating for other brands. And I also focus on, uh, the brand relationships, the kind of brand relationships that I have in kind of influencer marketing, that kind of stuff. So a little bit of everything now, but it's been an amazing, you know, amazing 16 or 17 years so far. <laughs> That's awesome. So you are currently still working behind the chair in a salon? So what I've gone to now as of the last like six months is I basically do like two, one to three days a month of just, and it's mostly for content, like content models. And I'm kind of pretty specific about what I want and what I want to get content on. So I don't do like paying clients anymore, which was a very big step. Uh, and I, I honestly, I really missed it in the beginning when I stopped taking clients, I was like, okay, I'm only focusing on education. And then a couple months went by and I was like, no, I miss actually doing hair and having the same issues that everybody else has coming up behind the chair, you know, people's hair is strange and weird. So, um, it's definitely, I don't know. It's, a, it's been bittersweet, but I felt, I got to a point where I felt like I wouldn't, I couldn't really do anything a hundred percent. Like I was either 100, I was kind of 50, 50, everything. Like I was half assing with my clients and I couldn't get back to them the way I wanted, or like, I couldn't be all there for the people in BCU. So I had to kind of make that choice. And it was really tough to be honest. Yeah. Do you know who Maddie cook is, um, that owns Bossier salon? I interviewed her recently and she said something that I'm like, we need to coin this. She said the same thing with her business and um, what it looked like for her stepping away from behind the chair. She's like, Crystal, I was half-assing both things and I just yeah. wanted to full-ass something. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> so I was like, can we need to make that into like a hashtag or something? Like, let's That's go. so true. Hashtag full-ass. <laughs> um, and I, I can totally relate to that too. Actually, just um, in April, decided myself to step away from working behind the chair so that yeah. I could do the same thing and focus on something else really and like fully yeah. dive in um and i have to admit like with you i was trying to figure out for a while like is she actually working in the salon still like what is her thing like how on earth are you doing this because you are pumping out the content and it's amazing content but it looked like you're still working behind the chair so i appreciate mm -hmm. that clarity here for me yes. and everyone else yeah. listening i know um, i yeah and i was for a while and then like, yeah like you said i had to full ass something so <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I would love to know, um, where you're at in your business now. Um, obviously when you started out, you were probably doing it yourself, but like, it looks like you have a team of people working for you. And like, what does that look like? Yeah. Great question. So actually it's pretty much, so it's myself and then 
My husband works with me as well on BCU and he was in real estate and property management for like 15 years. He's been doing that. And then it kind of got to the point where it was like, okay, I need to hire somebody. And it would be like a very much full-time position for BCU to do the back end stuff. Like I'm very particular about my content and all that. And I'm always the one replying to people in DMs. And that's always me because I'm way too much of a control freak to give that up yet. But who knows in the future. So it's actually like myself, my husband, and then I have a videographer who helps me so much. So it's pretty, it's a pretty small team. And we kind of like, like I said, I'm the creative part of it where who's like coming up with the content. I do still create all my own content, even for my blonde chronicles page. And my husband deals with all the stuff on the back end. members, their credit card payments decline. They have questions about how to access the website anything like that, that he doesn't do hair. So he doesn't know how to answer those questions, but he deals with all that stuff. And then I do have a videographer who I've been working with now for years, like before BCU started or anything. And he does all the video editing, all that kind of stuff. So yeah, it's a couple, it's a couple people and we make it work. And I debate hiring someone else all the time, but the things that take the most time, honestly, that would be great to hire someone else for are making content. And I just don't feel like it would be the same or be authentic if I hired somebody else to do that. So now I just, just yeah. do it on myself. So it's yeah, a lot, you, but I love it. You definitely have like a specific flavor of Thank content you, yeah. that you deliver. And that, that would be hard to allocate to someone else, right? Absolutely. I've, and I've debated that so much because, and no shame to anybody that does that, but it would take so much time to actually communicate what I want to somebody else that it's like, I may as well just do it. I've gotten pretty quick now at creating videos and be able, being able to just do them quick. So telling somebody else would be a lot more time. I feel like. <laughs> yeah. So then do you have your videographer, like literally standing there doing the the videography and then Um, they get everything like polished up and then just send you that and you chop it up into content then? Great question. So no. So the videographer, he does all the um, like long form videos for BCU. So he's filming all those and he's editing all those. He's getting them prepped. He makes a promo for them, which I post as a reel. But any of the like short form reels, those quick, like, let me show you how I do a base bump or let me show you how cutting tips or whatever, those clips are usually filmed sometimes during that same filming time when we're filming the long form content, but those are always filmed on my phone, either by my assistant or by my husband who comes and helps or by a tripod. Because I find that my videographer shoots the long form videos in a different, um, he shoots them like portrait mode basically. Uh And he's shooting with such a higher, like, I mean, his, camera and stuff is so such high quality that compressing it into Instagram content, like it always looks worse. So I also, and also I just wouldn't get to it quickly if it wasn't on my phone. Like that's just the reality of my life is that if it's right there on my phone, I'll deal with it. But if not, it's just, it's, I'm not really getting to it. So a little mix of, he does all the the long stuff and professional things. And then my assistant or my husband films or a tripod films, those shorter ones. Gotcha. I mean, that makes sense too. And like social media really should just be kind of like a a little taster or a teaser. It doesn't have to be some like beautifully curated, perfect video for that. And you know what? I find that it does better that way, honestly, the Mm -hmm. like quicker, faster pace, like not as manicured and curated does actually better on social media. So yeah, we'll see how long that works for. It's always, it's constantly evolving. So I've just, I have to make sure I'm keeping up. Yeah. Was it in... February, there was a little while ago where you were doing some sort of like two posts a day for 30 days kind of thing. And I was following you for that. And I was like, I don't know how you are keeping up with this. Yeah. But I mean, how did that work for you? Did it, what was like the outcome of that? And what did you learn from that? Yeah. So I did five posts a day for 30 days. Five? Yes. Oh my God. (laughs) Unrealistic. So usually I do three a day, which sounds like a lot, but you have to remember, I'm not working behind the chair with clients. When I was working behind the chair with clients, I was trying to do that and it was exhaustion. I was burned out like to the max. So 
in January, I kind of thought, you know what, what if I just really switched it up? Like what I'm curious what effect this would have on my business, on my plat, on my education platform, just on my page in general. So five posts a day for 30 days. And at first I was like, except for the weekends, I'm not doing the weekends. And my husband's like, well, then it's not really a 30 day challenge, is it? I'm like, you know what, sir, you're right, but I hate you. Um, so I did. So it was a lot. I have to say it, I saw a huge spike in the growth of my business, in the growth of my social media page. Um, not to say that you couldn't get that anyway from just posting less, but I did see a very big increase. I have a, actually a video on my page about it. Um, that has like the actual stats, if anyone's curious about it, but it did definitely increase things, but it was completely unrealistic to maintain that. That will never, I'll never be able to do that. That will never happen again. Um, so while it was good, I still feel like honestly, I'm burned out from that because what we tend to forget is it's not just posting and then putting something up there and like replying to comments, you know, thank you, whatever. It's like to actually be to actually create the content, you have to have a creative idea. Yes. And we're, as hairstylists, I think we're creative people just by nature, but that kind of creativity and being able to take an idea from here and putting it into a video that people can understand is actually kind of exhausting. And I think we really underestimate that. Yes. Um, and just being able to, yeah. And then you have to write a caption and then the whole thing, like it's a lot. So I don't regret doing it, but I will not be doing it again because it was a bit draining. Yeah. Good exercise, you know, it's good to mm -hmm. test myself sometimes. Did you have any sort of like process or um, like plan for the content that you're posting? Or is it just like in the moment you're like, oh, I'm going to do this and then I'm going to do that. How did that work? So I, I'm so glad you asked that question because this comes up all the time. And a lot of social media coaches are like, batch your content. That's the best. That's the most efficient way. Just take a day and make everything. I've tried that. And when I set aside a batch day, quote unquote, I'll set aside like three hours. It's a complete waste of time because the only thing I'm doing while I'm sitting there is like trying to come up with ideas. And my brain just doesn't work like that. Like I need to have the idea I do have a list in my notes. So I'll like write down the idea immediately. And then I need to act on that idea quickly. It doesn't work for me to just sit down and make all this content, like 10 posts in one day. I wish it did. So I was literally like getting an idea, making the post and then posting it, which is why you, that is not realistic unless you like don't have any other jobs. Yeah. <laughs> or so kids time. or exactly. dogs or life. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like God forbid you have a life because your social media is calling you. But so it was, it was right away. Like I would think of something, make it. And a lot of my ideas come from the questions that people ask me, to be honest, they, a lot of them come from DMS I get, or generally people have a lot of people in the beauty industry have the same questions. I find like a lot of them feel confusion about one specific topic or they feel, you know, anxiety about pricing or whatever it may be. There's a lot of similarity with what we feel we have questions or yeah. concerns about in the beauty industry. So I kind of go there for content, honestly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What do you find is like the heaviest hitter in terms of like topics that you post about? What do you get the most engagement on for you? Great question. Always, 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 without a doubt, it's a clear winner is when I discuss like anxiety I've had behind the chair and feeling nervous to do color and feeling nervous about new clients and feeling stressed about clients not liking their hair. That stuff, go, I mean, not only do the videos get a ton of views, but there's so much engagement and so many people saying, I feel this way. Oh, I'm glad I'm not alone. I feel this way, like without a doubt. And I just started kind of tapping into that stuff um like within the last year because it's something i've always felt like i've always had a lot of anxiety behind the chair especially when i started i mean i would like it would keep me up at night and oh, I, totally and i still continue to have it years in i mean it got a lot better but i think sometimes people have this misconception that like oh you're an educator and you don't have any anxiety or you you just know how to do everything. And I'm like, are you kidding? I still, my assistants will tell you, I, I joke with them. I'm like, half of their job is, yeah, they 
Tammy foils and whatever, but they like talk me off a ledge half of the days that I'm working with them because I'm like, I've totally messed that up. Like, I don't know what I'm doing. And it's very real. And I think not that is not spoken about a lot. And social media has this way of making you feel like you should just have a full clientele overnight. Like you should just know everything. Like you should understand how to formulate. You should know how not to fry people's hair off. And you just really don't. A lot of that comes with intense practice and a lot of time practicing. So Mm -hmm. that has definitely been a very clear and distinct popular topic whenever I discuss it without a doubt. Yeah. Interesting. I know, um, color by Carlos, right. Yes. Whenever he posts stuff like that, it mm-hmm. goes bananas. And totally. like, I mean, it's so relatable even with me too. It's like yeah. that those little things you're like, Oh yeah. Yeah. I feel that. <laughs> exactly. And yeah, you know, it's just, just mm-hmm. cause you're in a position of like educating others and helping other stylists does not mean by any means that you don't have those feelings of like, Oh my God, I don't know what I'm doing. Like, why does anybody pay me to do anything? <laughs> so clueless. Right. I still have, I mean, 16 years in and I still feel that way sometimes. So I just, I really like to touch on that often to remind people, especially I find that just, I don't know where this idea came from that new people out of school, like have a clientele overnight, but I get the message all the time. Like I feel so defeated. I've been doing hair for six months or a year and I have no clients. I'm like friend. It took me like six years to get like, okay, I'm somewhat sort of making money in this industry. And I just feel social media is great in a lot of ways, but in a lot of ways, it really gets that comparison going and people just start to feel less than, and I really don't want anybody to feel like that. And the other thing I hate is that people sometimes debate, like, I feel like hair might not be for me because I'm not busy and I'm not good at it. It's like, no, you just haven't had, give yourself time. Like you're not, not good at it. You just need you need to do it more and you need like people. So yeah, it's, it's tough, but I hope to make people feel less alone with those feelings. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's interesting. Like the, the industry hasn't changed in terms of like preparing stylists to go out into the world, but the industry has changed in the accessibility to compare yourself to other stylists. So there's like a total disconnect there of like, okay, I made it. Wait, I'm not there yet, you know? Yes, exactly. And that's what I, it's very, very tough. And I get why it looks that way because we're seeing a, a, like one, such a small portion of everyone's life behind the chair, really. So it can be really tough. It's really, really hard. I don't, I mean, I, I love social media because I think you can build your business quick, quicker with it, but I also don't love it because exactly what we're talking about. It's It gets tough when you start comparing yourself. Yes. Well, I think that's one of the reasons why you've been so successful is you are approachable and realistic. You know what I mean? Thank you. Yeah. Uh, like obviously your your techniques are very repeatable, which I think is great also. Um yeah, I like what you do because it's not like this flamboyant, crazy, like avant-garde, look what right. I can do kind of hair. It's like realistic you know, you can watch it, digest it and repeat it, lather, rinse, repeat. Right. 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 Um, Right. And it just makes it tangible for people, but also like you're very low key yourself. And so like, as much as I admire some of the like rock stars in our industry, um, they're more like entertaining really than like, okay, I can actually use that information. Totally. Um, and so I think even young to old, like people will see your style and your work and feel like it's relatable. Thank you. That's so sweet. And I appreciate that. And I do really try. I mean, that's my biggest goal is when I created or even when I started educating and then created BCU, I felt like, what would I have wanted or what do I still want when I'm, you know, when I was starting out or when I'm working on clients? I just want things where there's so there's sometimes this focus on like, you can't do You got to switch it up for everybody. You got to do this something different. Everybody, I never write down formulas because every appointment is like a new journey. And like, while I respect that and I totally see that and the need for that, it also doesn't have to be that serious. Like it could literally be, you have this one placement that you love and then you adjust it, tweak it based on the client or like you have your go-to formulas and you tweak them based on what you need. So I feel like almost when you have Like you said, I try to make the things tangible that you could do this on every client, add or delete foils as needed and change a tiny bit based on the texture, density of their hair, whatever. But 
it helps like for me, it just helps me to simplify. Like I know I have my main things that I can do and I pick and choose them based on the canvas I'm working on, but it just, it, we, we overthink so much as stylists and I really aim to have us not do that as much because I think it's just, we, we way overcomplicate things. So I appreciate you saying that so much because that's always my goal is just to make it usable and actually something that you can do in the salon and it works. Yeah. I have this theory that there are three different types of hairstylists and uh, I call them like the three hairstylist archetypes, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, I think every hairstylist can fit into one of these three categories. And um, basically I call them the technician, the architect and the innovator. Okay. I love that. Right. Um, And the innovator is what used to be the platform artist. And they are still, but that used to be the only standard that we would hold ourselves to. We would go to beauty uh, shows, right? Right. And see these like wild, you know, edutainers doing things on stage that like had some value behind them, but you needed someone to like sit with you and pick it apart to actually understand what of that could be usable. Um, But they're the ones that got the spotlight because they were like crazy and wild and like, you know, doing interesting new things but now people that are doing like realistic daily practical things a good technician is someone that finds themselves as a specialist i think right Right. because you've honed in on these very specific skills that you know like the back of your hand that are like so easy to duplicate over and over again and now you have a voice on something like social media like you're not up there going like look at me look at me i'm crazy you're just like look this is easy and you can do it too and so i love that like nowadays it's not just the the innovators and the platform artists that are the ones leading the way in the industry. So Um, true. Yeah. It's such a great point. Yeah. I love that. It's very true. Everybody kind of does fit into those three categories. If you're like breaking it down, it definitely works for sure. Mm -hmm. And then we all work together, you know, and sometimes you need, you need someone like an architect to break down the education from the innovator. That's like speaking a different language for the rest of us. Um, And it all flows, but I like that, um, regular, I mean, you know, regular, you're a freaking right. superstar, but like regular people you know can mean. become superstars. You know what I mean? Totally. Um, cause I, I know you're, yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, um, can I ask you, uh, like at what point, obviously your husband works for you now, yeah. right? Like he's not doing anything else. At what right. point was that sustainable for you guys to like bring him into the business and, um, have you supporting everything with this online business? Yeah. Great question. Um, I would say probably about, um, I would say like two years into launching BCU. So I launched it in April of 2020, right. When everybody was stuck at home for amazing. Yeah. For a pandemic, which is just wild to think about now. feels like a different universe that we were living in. Mm -hmm. Um, I would say about two years in, it started to be like, okay, maybe we can make this like a, a real thing. Like actually this is, I, and to be honest, I, I did not see it that way. I really kind of thought I'll do this as a side thing and maybe this will lead to, I honestly thought it'd be more about more in-person classes still. And that would be the biggest moneymaker for me. So probably it was probably around a year and a half to two years in where it started to be like, okay, let's start thinking about this and how this would work. Um, and so actually, I guess it was a year and a half because that's about when he shortly after that was when he left real estate completely. So it was a risk though, still, I mean, because the thing with the subscription business is yes, to a certain extent, it's kind of like a guaranteed income, depending on how many members you have. But again, like they are members that could at any point not be members anymore. So it's always a risk because I don't know, I could get canceled tomorrow or like people could not find me relatable or anything could happen. So it definitely, it was a risk, but we were like, it's either this or hire somebody that I don't know. I mean, it's it's kind of a random at that point. And the thing that I've realized so much is that nobody ever is going to care about my business the way myself and secondary that my husband does. And as they shouldn't, I mean, it's not right. their business. So it's, it just, you know, really became apparent once I started thinking about like, okay, who would I really hire for this? It's just, it's, nobody is going to kind of put the same love and care into it again, Mm -hmm. as they shouldn't as myself and my husband do. So 
I would say, yeah, a little over a year and a half for like, let's try this. And then for the first six months, it was kind of like, oh my God, did we make a mistake? And now it's been, um, it's been about a year and a half since then. So BCU's existed for three years. So it's been about a year and a half since he like joined me completely. And it's been good. I mean, it's hard working with your spouse sometimes, but it's been overall great. And I mean, I'm so sometimes I'm like, wait, is this actually my life? Like, this is crazy. So I'm so fortunate for everybody who has, is a part of my education and like lets me live this dream. So it's, yeah, it's been, it's been a crazy ride, but I'm grateful for sure. Yeah. And I like the way that you structure it too. So it's a membership, but you have, is it a six month requirement? Yes. Um, Do you find that people hang on after six months usually? That is such a great question. And we were actually just analyzing the data this morning um, oh. because we had a call with our, yeah, we were just, so we were actually looking at it this morning. So it's very fresh in my mind. I find that there's about 50% of the people stay to the six months. No, sorry. Stay to 12 months. 85% of people stay six months. 50% of people stay around 12 months, um, which I think is pretty good, but I would say, you know, one of my big things with BCU was I want to keep it really affordable. Like I really feel very strongly about people having access to education, even when they can't spend $500 on a class or whatever. So initially when I launched BCU, I said, okay, should I just do no, no contracts, whatever, like stay for a month and leave. And I started to realize to keep it as inexpensive as it is, it was 15 and I just raised it after three years to $18 a month. Mm-hmm. But, um, it, like I, it, it was too hard to some people stay for one month and then leave like to actually keep it low cost and to pay the videographer and to pay for the back end to host the site and all that stuff. Like I actually, the $15 and people come once and then leave wasn't possible. So I actually kind of went around that thought and I just thought, you know, still at six months, it's still very affordable in my opinion. So I would say major, I mean, 50% say till a year. So I think it's been, and it, you know, it comes and goes like some months, more people drop off than others and whatever. And some months we have more new members than others, but I would say generally it seems like people do a good amount of people stay past the six months. Mm -hmm. And sometimes people, a lot of times what I hear is people are like, oh, I'm going to go explore their options. And sometimes people come back or I post about a video and they're like, oh, I really wanted to see that video kind of a thing. So that was kind of a long, a long way to say, yeah, I think 50%. Yeah, no, I like it. I like, I like the clarity. Um, I wonder about a lot of membership based models like that too. And even though you're providing new content and keeping it fresh, there might just be like shiny ball syndrome going on. Totally. Mm -hmm. Which I completely understand. And I honestly love the idea that people are creating like, because a lot of kind of online education memberships are popping up. And I honestly love it. I think why not have like, I I'm a member of like five of them. Like I, I Same. just, if they're affordable, like, yeah, I'd learn something different from everybody. So I am really happy that. So, right. And sometimes people are always going to want to be like, I want to go check out this. Like, and I fully support that. I completely understand. So it, you know, it's just the nature of a subscription business. And I'm learning a lot along the way always, because I really had no clue what I was doing when I started BCU. So yeah, I'm I'm figuring it out. Yeah. Um, I've heard more people talking recently about wanting more in-person education again. Have you had people asking you to do in-person education? A little bit. Yeah. So I think it's funny because after COVID, there was a gigantic surge in in in-person education because we had been nobody had been able to do in person for months. Yeah. And so all of a sudden there was this spike and everybody wants to do in person. Everybody wants to come to a class. And then I think there was a moment where it kind of was like, people were like, okay, let me take a moment from that. I've spent all my money on that. Yeah. Um, And now I think it's coming back around much more. So I definitely have had in-person classes recently and there is a demand for that. What I've actually been finding lately that salons have been liking is they'll hire me for like a private salon class. So that's been really interesting because I've definitely had a bunch of my bigger in-person classes where anybody can buy a ticket. But lately I've had a lot of inquiries about salons wanting to just come and get education for their team. So that's kind of been a new journey and we'll kind of, we'll see how that goes. But I definitely think in-person education is kind of 
back again for a little bit, which I love that because there is something about learning in person. I will say, I mean, you know, there's the person that will never be able to come to my class because they live in a different country and it's just never going to be realistic. So BC was a great option for them or any online education. But then there are the people that really like to be there, see it in person, ask the questions as it's happening. And there will, there will always be those people. So I think in-person yeah. education will always kind of have a a popularity to some extent. Yeah. Do you find for you though, that, um, like I imagine the way you've leveraged yourself in your business with your, you know, membership is like you do the work, you make the content and then you can make money while you sleep. Um, like at what point is it not, I don't want to say worth it for you to do an in-person class, right? Because there's some altruistic uh, aspect of that where you're like, yay, I'm doing it and helping people. But like, at what point are you just like, oh, geez, I don't know if I can do that with my time. Totally. I get what you're saying. Absolutely. I don't know if there'll ever be a time where it's like, I would charge so much for in-person education that just nobody could do it. So it wouldn't be there. And I get what you're saying about like, what's worth my time? Because honestly, it sometimes it does come down to that. It's like, my time is limited. So what is the value that I put on that and what's worth it to me? But I think being in front of a group of people and educating them and chatting with them is always something like that's what inspires me, you know? So I, and also I take classes, which is a huge inspiration to me as well, but there's some part of it that is like, it's more than just the money I'm going to make from it because yes, ultimately if you look at it just financially, I mean, in those terms, technically nothing is really worth my time to go educate. I mean, that sounds terrible the way I'm saying that, but if you look at it financially, it's like BCU is far more scalable. It's, I could never teach the amount of classes in person. I wouldn't, I would be dead if I did that (laughs) to make it what BCU makes, but there's something more valuable there than just money really. And it's being able to see people in person and like chat with them and connect with them. So, you know, life is abundant. Everything is great financially there. And the in-person classes are kind of a big part of what keeps me fueled and keeps me going. Even like events, like if, you know, hair shows or something are like BTC shows coming up, something where there's a lot of people and I get to hang out with people and meet new stylists and connect with them. Like that is huge to me. And yes, I love interacting with people in my DMs, but there's something different about meeting a person in person and getting that connection with them and you know, chatting with them for a minute that online just sometimes doesn't have the same kind of, you know, doesn't yeah. give the same reaction a little bit or like the right. same after. While I love it, it's just at some point, um, I do consider like opportunities that are more valuable to me just because my time is kind of limited and I have two small kids and a family. So yes, there are times when I have to say, okay, is this worth it to me? But when I get the chance to be with a group of hairstylists and people that I really respect and get to connect with, to me, sometimes I I always look at more than just how, how much am I going to make for this? And will this be worth it? Quote unquote, in the financial sense, if that makes sense. Absolutely. Yeah. And then I wonder too, since you're not working behind the chair anymore, it gives you an opportunity to like um, speak with your target audience and understand like their struggles, right? Which are totally. probably easier in a quick conversation with someone in person than a bunch of DMs online too. Absolutely. Yeah, it, it's so true. And sometimes like people feel like feel inclined to tell you different things when you see them in person or like watching you in person and asking a question at that time. Like I said, like a lot of people are really big on that and just seeing it done in person. Um, so right. It's, it's definitely just a different thing. And I can't imagine ever not doing that in some capacity just because I love it. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. And then, um, Carly, you also work for Schwarzkopf, right? Yeah. 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 How is that going? And like, what do you do for them? So, yeah. So I am a member of the Schwarzkopf digital artistic team, which essentially means that myself, and I think there are eight or nine of us now, are kind of, you know, we represent Schwarzkopf on our platform, as well as I still utilize other brands as well. I think it's important as an educator, just that I'm kind of varied in my knowledge of other brands, but I mainly would definitely say I stick with Schwarzkopf and it's really great. I've had a relationship with them now for the first thing I did with them was probably 20 
2018 or 2019. And honestly, I was very new to Schwarzkopf. I had never used the product much at all. And they, we've just had a relationship ever since then. The thing that I am obsessed with about Schwarzkopf is, and some other brands that I've gotten the chance to work with as well. Um, but they are, I mean, Schwarzkopf is huge. Like one of the oldest color brands. I mean, once you know the history of Schwarzkopf, it's like, holy crap, they are like a really big player in the game. But the people that I associate with, you know, in my communication with them are wonderful. They're so kind. They make me feel like I'm part of a family and it really does not feel corporate and like it's just a huge corporation that I'm dealing with, which is amazing and why I continue to work with them and why I really, really support them. I mean, they have a great product. Obviously, that's a huge part of it. And I genuinely love it and use it behind the chair. But it's been a really great opportunity because I think my first introduction to any kind of influencing brand relationship, anything like that, um, sometimes it feels very corporate is the best way I can put it. And you really don't know who you're talking to. You're talking through like a PR company and you have a different communication person every time. So with Schwarzkopf, it's felt so genuine, so authentic. And the people, the other stylists that I get to work with and create with when we get to do projects together are so wonderful. Like I consider them some of my really good friends and it's just, it's been such a great opportunity. And I'm so thankful for that that connection that I have with Schwarzkopf and the relationship with them. That's awesome. I love that. Yeah. yeah I was wondering if as like your brand, your individual brand grew, if you would still kind of team with Schwarzkopf, but it sounds like they, they bring you other aspects that are enjoyable that you like having the connection with. Absolutely. And I think it's important too sometimes like my friend Maggie, Maggie MH um, on Instagram, she talks, she said, she has a quote that she says, and I might butcher it, but the general idea of it, of it is there are other forms of currency than just money. Like sometimes money is great, but like not necessarily just brands, but other opportunities can bring you so much more than just money. It's relationships. It's the, con con it's the connection with people that can get you to other places and get to goals that you want to be at. So not only do I love working with them because, you know, all the things I already mentioned, but there are other opportunities with them that I would just simply never be able to achieve on my own because they are such a huge brand with global recognition. So there's that too. Like I'm mm -hmm. very, I'm very careful about who I partner with as far as brands, because I don't just want to turn out to be like this sponsored page all over the place. Like I, yeah. I really only represent brands and companies that I genuinely like and love the product. And so that's important to me, but you know, a lot of the reason why it, it makes sense for myself or somebody else to kind of have a relationship with a brand is because of those opportunities that you just simply, maybe you'd get there on your own, but it would take a whole lot more work and a lot more time. And you don't really have an easy path to get there. So you know, just, I've gotten to do just such cool things with them and, and not only, you know, get paid for it with money, but, but all those other bigger things like opportunities that I would never get otherwise. Yeah. You know, I had an interesting realization, um, as I've stepped more into this online world of, mm -hmm. um, education and sharing information and coaching and all that right. stuff. Uh, where I used to have a sense of camaraderie with all of my fellow stylists, right? Right. Uh, but now having taken a step in this direction, it's almost like I promoted myself. Like if you were in a corporate world and you were like one of the like regular office people and then you got promoted to like boss, now all of a sudden you're like outside that um, right. group looking in and you're like, wait, I need other like boss friends now. Right. Like those are my new people and my new so community. True. Yeah. And so I've had to kind of realize that and uh, understand that the people that I'm going to connect with and uh, bond with and have stories to share with are going to be people that are doing something similar to me where totally. like our clients are the stylists right? Totally. And so yeah. I wonder if for you, that gives you a sense of that like camaraderie and people understand, because I know a lot of people that work for Schwarzkopf also have their own independent education exactly. as well. So you're probably sharing the same struggles and stories and inspiring each other to kind of keep marching forward. 
Totally. A thousand percent. Yeah. And a lot of us are kind of, and it's kind of cool too, because, you know, I came on to that uh, digital artistic team and a lot of people that were already working with Schwarzkopf had been doing it for years. And so I kind of was like, Hey, teach me. Like, I don't know what I'm doing here. Even the first event I did with Schwarzkopf, I had never been paid by a brand, never been anything with a brand. And they actually sent an email being like, um, it was, it was kind of weird wording, something like payment, for this or whatever is X. And I was like, do you mean, and it was this like weekend long opportunity. I'm like, oh my God, I'm so thrilled. And I literally didn't know if they meant I have to pay to do it. Or they <laughs> I mean, like that's how new I was to this, to this stuff. Oh, so I, I literally wrote back like, um, I feel stupid asking, but does that mean I'm getting paid or am I paying? Cause I was like, I'm happy to pay you. Like, this is a cool opportunity. But so it's been really nice. Like i Yes, we all kind of have the same struggles and and the other people that I get to work with, exactly like you said, it's like, you know, you're now you're kind of communicating to a different audience and a different kind of target market. But a lot of it was like, hey, you guys know way more than I do. Like, and that was really helpful being able to talk to someone else about how do I approach this or what, you know, certain things that come up and I had no clue what to do. So they were really, really integral in that and helping me kind of figure out like, what am I doing? Cause I was used to just taking clients and that was my thing. And so this other part of it, just, I needed guidance. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I know you're on a bit of a time crunch and I want to try to wrap this up for you, but I have one more question for you. Yes. Um, besides your Schwarzkopf artistic team, do you belong to any sort of like mastermind group or like coaching group, or do you have other like comrades that you chat with, um, often just out of curiosity, honestly. Yeah. Great question. You know what? I'm not in like a mastermind, although I really, that's like my next goal is to get more support with something like that. Um, I will say I'm in other education platforms. Like I'm a subscriber to a bunch of other ones. And, um, I also kind of look sometimes outside of, the hair industry as well for coaching on how to run a business, which is helpful. So um, there's a couple of people like in kind of sales stuff that I look to are like growing a business essentially. So that's helpful. And I'm not, they don't really have masterminds, but they have a lot of kind of master classes and I love taking those and kind of being a part of those. So I would say that's definitely a goal of mine to do more of, but for now, the other education platforms are really helpful to me because I can kind of just like shut my own educator brain off a little bit and actually get inspired and be a student. Um, But it comes and goes, you know, I have been part of like coaching programs and stuff and at different points in my life and different points in my business and my career, I feel like I need that more or less and need something different. So Mm -hmm. kind of fluctuates. Yeah. Just like people who are your members and it kind of fluctuates. Yeah. I love it. Awesome. Um, this has been great, Carly. Uh, so I want to wrap this up by having you tell me if someone is interested in joining your membership and getting content from you, where can they find you? What's the best way to get set up? Yeah. So I am on Instagram. I'm at the.blonde.chronicles. And in my on my Instagram page, in my link in my bio, there is a link to my website, which has all the info on BCU, which is my education platform, all the info on live classes. I you can always reach out in a DM. And if I don't answer, just send it again because <laughs> those DMs get flooded with spam. Um, but yeah, the link in my bio is the best way to find anything about my education or learning from me in any way. Beautiful. I love it. Um, and do you run a newsletter or anything like that for anyone that joins your stuff? Yeah, I do have an email list and you can get on that as well through the link in my bio. Um, it becomes and goes with how much I, uh, content I put out, to be honest, I'll be Uh like, I'm really into it. And then I'm kind of like, oh shoot, it's been like a month since I've sent it. Yeah. Yes. There's definitely, there is an email list so you can get on that for like updates and whatnot. And then of course in BCU, um, you can always DM or anytime I'm available there. I check those DMs very frequently and get back to them quickly. So plenty of ways to get in touch. 
Awesome. I love it so much. I always forget, like when I go to look at your um, Instagram business page, I'm like, what is the name of it again? I know you're the Blonde Chronicles, but I'm always like, what the heck is that? And then (laughs) there's a video. It was like maybe 15 years ago. These dorky dudes made a song about the Chronicles of Narnia. Do you know what I'm talking about? Oh, yeah. I know what the Chronicles of Narnia are. I don't know if I've heard that. Okay. It was, it's like this one phrase. It's like the chronic what cools of Narnia. It's like some sort of like rap song. And I always am like, oh, yeah, the chronic. What cools the blonde? <laughs> and that's how Amazing. I remember the BCU. I don't know why. I'm honored. Oh my God. I love that. Hey, you know, whatever it takes. We've got a lot on our minds. So we got to break it down to those simple things. Exactly. I get this little like jingle in my head. I'm like, oh, that's where it is. That's what I need I to type in. Oh I'll have God. to find it and send it to you. It's pretty yes. ridiculous, but it's funny. Please do. I would yeah. love it. Maybe you can do a spoof on it sometime right? with your. Yeah. Yeah, a Chronicles instead of the Chronicles of Narnia. No, exactly. Yes. Awesome. Well, um, thank you so much for being here, Carly. It was really a pleasure. And I feel like I I even have like more questions. I'd love to bring you on another time yeah. in the future and chat with you. You're Let's just like again. this wealth of knowledge and experience. And I want to just absorb it all up from you. So thank you. Thank you. Oh my gosh, you're so sweet. And I would I would be happy to come back. So let's do a part two. Absolutely. Love it. Love it. Okay, girlfriend. Well, you get on to your next thing and I will see you in the chronic what clothes of blonde. <laughs> Perfect. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate okay. it. Thank you, Carly. Have a good one. Isn't she fantastic? I told you. She's so great. Um, now, even if you don't go join her paid membership, just watching her on her social media page, um, on her regular free one, is so great. And like you pick up little nuggets all the time. She gives quite a bit of information for free, which is honestly, I think the mark of a true leader, right? Like she understands that she has value. Um, and so she charges for it, but she also just gives so much back to the community. So go check her out on Instagram, the blonde chronicles. I will have a link to her stuff in the show notes here. And um, if you liked this episode, I highly encourage you to go share it with a friend. If you know someone that is struggling with blonding techniques, have them go check out Carly. Tell them to listen in on this podcast episode so they can kind of get to know her, like her, and trust her. And then they're going to gain so much value out of her membership. And so, yes, share this with a friend. Just send them a text with a link to the podcast episode. I know that when I do that, it's more well heard in a text message than just telling someone. If you have a clickable link, that's what it's all about is what I'm trying to say. Spit it out, Crystal. Um, And then if you're listening on Apple podcast, would you do me a favor and go leave me a review for this podcast episode or for the show rather? Um, I love them. I read them and it just really helps people understand what this podcast is all about and if it's for them. So I would highly appreciate that so very much, my friend. And so I'm going to leave you with that and say until next time, I hope you have a wonderful hair day and I'll see you then. Okay, bye. Hey friend, Crystal here, and I've got something special for you that's too good to miss. Introducing the wildly popular Confident Conversations Bootcamp, where we unlock the three secret stylist skills that attract clients who pay. In just three classes, we'll transform how you communicate, connect, and turn every conversation in the salon into a formula for high-paying clients. It's not magic, it's mastery of words, presence, and the kind of confidence that turns heads. So why sign up? Because mastering these skills means more than just full books. It's about crafting a career that's as rewarding financially as it is creatively. We're talking quality clients who value your expertise and are happy to pay you for it. And the best part, it's completely free. You heard right. It's my gift to you, friend. So if you're ready to elevate your behind the chair game and attract the clientele you've always dreamed of, this bootcamp is your first step. 
Spaces are limited, and trust me, friend, you don't want to miss out on this transformation. So head on over to www.yourhairmentor.com to secure your spot today. Let's make sure that your talent is undeniable and your chair the hottest ticket in town. Cheers to clients who pay and a career that slays. I cannot wait to see you at the Confident Conversations Bootcamp, my friend.